Anybody ask you where I'm going? Where I'm going? You know, honestly, going up yonder is probably in my top 10 favorite songs ever in life. That do y'all have a top 10? Do you have a top 10? Do you have a top 10 list of songs that like is guaranteed to make you just go up on the club on a Tuesday uh, and it might be Thursday? Uh, that's that's probably one like from uh, I want to say like of all time and not just gospel, but for sure top three in my gospel. Top three. Top three. Honestly, I can't even be friends with anybody who ain't ever praise dance to Now Behold the Lamb. I can't. I can't. I, I just can't. I can't see myself being friends with one of you worldly, loose universe people. Mm-mm, no, sir. No, God. Amen. Hallelujah. How are you? Listen, before you give me the side eye, all is well. Yes? Oh, that's so great. First of all, um, happy hot girl summer to you. Um, score another point for the city boys, whatever, however you flex in. Um, it is a beautiful weekend here in New York City. Um, and I say that because a lot of the weekends have not been so beautiful. They've been actually pretty rainy or cloudy or oppressively hot. Um, shout out to all of you guys that are either in Miami or were in Miami for the Rolling Loud Festival, uh, that is taking place, or I think it's probably done at this point, but, um, that's the big haps. That's where all the girls have been. Um, but before we get into all of that, what the heck has been goings on with you? Um, not much on my side. I'm still wondering how is it that I am gainfully employed, but yet still manage to live beneath the level of some of these folks that I see who have not been gainfully employed since, oh, I don't know, probably since the Trump era. And yeah, they are living right now. The girls are living. They're living and they're also not working. Now, I, again, am not judging for this. Um, I'm judging a little bit. But, like, I want to know, how are you girls doing it? Do you guys have sugar mamas, sugar daddies? Are you hobo sapiens? What are you doing? Like, I, I just want to know, like, how y'all getting, is it backed up child support? Is it, like... Um, you own your own business. You have your own lingerie brand. <laughs> so shady. Um, anyways, uh, for me, there has not been much going on except for praying eternally for financial abundance so I can free myself off the shackles of having to work. You know what I realized? I was listening to an episode of Super Soul Sunday, the podcast. If you, and this is not an ad, 
Oh my God, we're just getting right into it. And I'm always taking for granted that you even know what the tea is. So for those of you who think gospel music has gone too far and that we've gotten too radical with our message, welcome to a seat at the table podcast. I am your hostess with the mostest, Gail, um, Mother Love, um, Galanda Adams, um, uh, the Gail of Gail and Oprah. Um, yeah, that's all I got so far, but I'm, I'm taking on new monikers. So like, please send them in to me. I'm not afraid to hear what is going on. But anyways, back to my dearest, dearest friend, Oprah Winfrey, Miss Mama O, as we, as we call her. Um, and I know you guys only know her as Miss Oprah Winfrey, but bet you didn't know that I was actually named after Oprah, whose name is Oprah Gail Winfrey. I am, I know. Um, Now, at the time, my parents didn't know this. And I would say up until the last, I don't know, two weeks, I also didn't know. Um, But I, I believe that that is why God has done what he's done. And, you know, he don't make no mistakes. No, he don't. Infallible. That's what he is. So any which ways, I'm listening to Super Soul Sunday with Oprah, right? And she is talking about power. And she's thought, talking about authentic power, which is such a huge difference than just regular run-of-the-mill, you know, power. And what I mean by that is I think that um, I think that having power, you know, having a position of power because of finances, having a position of power because of gender, having a position of power because of job titles or the uneven scale of schisms that happen in our society, um, racism, sexism, homophobia, whatever, whatever tilts the scale and gives people power, right? There is a huge difference between power and authentic power. Authentic power is something that can only be birthed within the human structure, not given to one, but one that one is birthed into when they recognize our and or are self-actualized to realize who they are and whom they belong to. Can I get an amen? I'm going to repeat that again. So the difference between being authentically powerful versus the run-of-the-mill power that can be achieved and given to you. Authentic power cannot be given to you. Authentic power is bestowed to you. It is your birth right, right? It has nothing to do with, um, it definitely has nothing to do with a job title or anything of the sort. I have seen people who are authentically powerful, who are in no position financially, um, socially, uh, any of the leads that are out there, they're in no position to be exuding such gravitas, if you will. But because they know who they are and to whom they belong, they recognize the source within themselves, they are able to operate in a way where it is known by everyone around them that this person yields and wields, excuse me, authentic power. And it was such a... um, 
it was such an amazing podcast. But the reason why I bring it up, the episode was amazing, but the reason why I bring it up is because one of the things that I realized in listening to it is, you know, Oprah talked about all of the things that she was able to do when she got a certain job and how she was raised to believe that, you know, bill paying was a must and that living beyond your means financially was just a recipe for disaster. And it's so funny how now with these days that everyone is finding authentic, inauthentic power in living in a particular way. Now, I am not pocket watching. I don't know who's living on their means, beyond their means, at their means. I have no idea. But it is so always fascinating to me how much we disdain the ordinary. You know, how will you know that I am a powerful person unless you see my labels, unless you can see the Balenciaga, the essentials, the the Yeezy, unless you can see the Gucci, unless you can see my iPhone, unless you can see my car is a particular brand, unless you can see that my hair and that I travel to these places and that I only sit in VIP and I only drink these drinks and I have the cutest little puppy and I have the best bag to bring him in and all of these. These things, these things that make you inauthentically powerless, really. But those things that most people, for the most part, find power in because it is given to them. Right? Does that make sense? So I further started to think about how, for most of us, um, we've spent most of our lives being told what to do with every waking minute in our lives. Right? So what does power mean to me? And I mean, we are just going full in, aren't we? So what does power mean to me? Um, Power has always meant for me, at least the ownership, the ability to own my time. And that has become something that's been more prominent in my life, I would say, within the last 15 years. There was such a large amount of time where the acquisition of things, the ability to be able to get more things, to have more things, to live in the knowingness that I could have all of the things that I want, that was a huge driving force for me for such a long time. It was a driving force in the jobs that I chose. It was a driving force in the people that I chose to be around. It was a driving force in the people that I chose to be in romantic relationships with. Yeah, it's a huge deal. Um, And being that I was someone or that I am even still someone who every moment of my time, so much of my time is dictated to me. You start out, you go to school. Every minute of your day while you're in school is dictated to you. And when you're of a certain age, the other remaining time is dictated to you by your parents. What time you'll go to sleep, what time you eat, when you'll go somewhere, how you'll go somewhere, etc. Then you go off to high school and it's the same thing. College, you get a false sense of freedom because no longer are your parents there. And so now you feel this sense of power because you now can decide, will you be a failure or a success by the world's means, right? And for most of us, um, college wasn't a choice. College was kind of a decision that came about, but not a choice. And what I mean by that is we were told that we were going to go to college. No one kind of gave us the choice to say, hey, you know, now that you've spent 18 years on this planet, 
Do you think that perhaps you know what you want to do with the rest of your days? Or even if you don't, are you ready to own your time? Anyways, she goes on and on about time and et cetera, et cetera, which was just super interesting to me because I think I've gotten to the point where no longer am I interested in being the richest person or being the biggest podcaster with the most ads, who owns the biggest network, who blah, 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 you know, no longer am I interested. And listen, I love things. I think everyone loves things. I love things. Don't you love things? Things are great. I love money. I love the things that money can do. But I understand that it is a currency, a currency that has energy, an energy that sometimes could be beneath the levels of or frequencies that I want to operate on. So I'm suddenly realizing that my authentic power is coming from realizing that things and money aren't the driving force of my power. It is um, my time and the, the way I choose to spend it, the people I choose to spend it with, um, and the, the opulence of the freedom of that time, right? So I think I'm just getting to the point where it's no longer about not wanting to work. It's mostly more so about my time and um, what I do with it. And am I doing things with my time that make me genuinely happy, um, that are worth these minutes on earth? Is this the job that feels like it's worth my time? Is this the relationship that feels like what a great use of time, right? Or am I just kind of like doing stuff because the money is good or because it's a good look to be around these people or it's, you know, whatever. I know that's pretty heavy for the first 15 minutes, but I don't know, just something to think about. And I just found it super duper um, interesting. And it is... uh, I think last week's episode called what I know for sure or this week. Well, last week's episode, what I know for sure, authentic power. What a great episode. Anywho's, how is how is the rest of the summer going for you? Like, are you guys going anywhere? Are you doing anything? Shout out to all you bitches who wear masks in the car by yourselves. I love you. I think you're so ridiculous. I think that you should be sent with Jeff Bezos on the dick rocket ship up up north, right? Did y'all see that this week? Did you guys see Jeffy on his dick rocket ship this week? Bitch. Mm. Okay, so first of all, um, Amazon, I guess, can we call him... Is he at this point former Amazon and richest man in the world? Is that what we call him? What do we call him? Dad? Whatever. Any which ways, um, Jeff Bezos uh, did take his amazing, fantastic voyage um, to beyond our earth this week. And... um, yeah, so that was kind of interesting because at the end of it all, he thanked the Amazon employees, which are currently, many of them are fighting for fair wages and treatment and ethical 
standards, um, Amazon employees as well as Amazon customers for funding this trip. This trip included an 18-year-old, I guess, um, wealthy um, you know, European Damien somebody, um, former astronaut, um, former astronaut in training. Um, I don't recall her name and it really doesn't matter. No disrespect. And also Jeff Bezos's brother, um, came along for the fantastic voyage. Well, any which way the wealthiest man has had a pretty eventful week. Um, he further went along and decided to give away a nice portion of his multi-billion dollar fortune. Um, following his trip to space, he, um, I guess was feeling super generous and donated $100 million to CNN commentator Van Jones. Now, even though Jeff Bezos is not a stranger to philanthropy, and here's something else that I've learned. Here's something else that I've learned, right? Rich people coin giving away money in two different ways. There is philanthropy and then there is charity. Philanthropy is for everyone to know. Charity is for no one to know. I was just recently taught this by a rich person, by a wealthy person. Yes. At any rich rate, um, Van Jones, uh, who was speechless about, I mean, I guess I would have been speechless too, about the $100 million donation um, and Jeff Bezos basically told him that he can do whatever he wants with the money. Um, the, the award was given via the courage and civility award, which is one of his surprise philanthropic initiatives. Now, Jeff Bezos also added that, um, they can give it all to their own charity, this, uh, Van Jones's organization, or they can share the wealth. It is totally up to them. Now, I'm hoping that Van Jones will be sharing the wealth. The donation and the award is to honor those who have demonstrated courage and tried to be a unifier in a divisive world, which is what uh, Jeff Bezos explained. Um, as Van Jones accepted the award, he expressed shock and appreciation, saying sometimes dreams do come true. Well, Congratulations for Van Jones. I, I cannot wait to hear about the things that he's going to be doing with this $100 million. Now think about it, right? $100 million. Van Jones could get us all out the hood right now. This one man could buy our freedom out the hood. I mean, if he's getting $100 million from Jeff Bezos, right? Van Jones could give us all $1,000 each and tell us to start <laughs> you guys' favorite thing, start an LLC. <laughs> Whatever, yo. Any which ways, that's the story as it stands. Um, some other interesting things happening this week. At the top of the week, we learned that VH1 is bringing back their television reality show, The Surreal Life. Now... Um, according to VH1, if you have been longing for the days when you can turn on your TV and see some of your favorite celebrities living in a house together and involved in all kinds of drama and shenanigans, well, you are in luck. The surreal life is back. Deadline is actually reporting that the rebooted celebrity reality series will this season feature Tamar Braxton, August Alsina, 
Dennis Rodman, Kim Coles, Frankie Muniz, Stormy Daniels, Manny, the makeup artist, and CJ Perry, as they will not only live together, but they will also compete in a series of challenges. So if you are older like myself, you remember this show from back in the early 2000s, The Surreal Life. It was a non-scripted reality show. Very good, very funny. Now, this comes on the heels of Viacom in partnership with VH1, MTV, and its subsidiaries, um, uh, BET, et cetera, et cetera, all of those things that Viacom owns, as well as CBS. But at any rate, we're talking about the Hood Channels now. VH1, MTV, BET, VH1 has, uh, MTV has recently announced that they are going to be bringing back MTV Cribs as well as the real world. And VH1 will be bringing back one of my favorite television shows, Behind the Music. So I'm really excited about that. If this, like, this doesn't tickle your pickle if you're not, like, of a, of a certain age, right? Like, if you didn't have a Nextel that chirped, if you didn't have a Blackberry that's, you know, if you didn't have a, a, a sidekick and then your screen just pop up, just popped up, you know, what the fuck do you know? Um, I bet you what I do know, don't you know, no. In the immortal words of Frankie, I'm in a bind, Nate. Listen, Dr. Dre earlier this week was ordered to pay $300,000 a month in spousal support to his ex-wife, Nicole Young. Now, if you are a listener of this show, you will recall when this first came about, the his ex-wife, Nicole Young, estranged wife, Nicole Young, was seeking some really big amount of money because she needed money to donate. She needed her clothing allowance. She needed all... Hey, she has become accustomed to living in a particular way. Now, divorce proceedings for Dr. Dre and Nicole Young have been quite messy, but it looks like the judge has finally made a ruling about their finances and Nicole just got Deb Birkin. According to legal documents, Dr. Dre has been ordered to pay $293,306 per month to his ex-wife, which sums up to be about $3.5 million a year, which is a drop in the bucket. It's, it's a Beats pill. Who cares, right? Now, um, Dre is ordered to uh, pay this amount ASAP, if not Rocky. Um, they were both in court this week where the judge made the ruling. Now, to me, I don't see anything wrong with this. I actually think this is quite low. I thought that she definitely was going to get more about more of about half a million dollars a month. Um, if I recall, do they have kids that are young? I don't know. Honestly, I know that we don't really care about this. It's really the bag that we care about. Um, and quite frankly, we barely care about that because Nicole, Dr. Whatever. Um, really, do you think that Dr. Dre and April are still going out? Yes, honey. Yes, April Jones. That one, the one, the game one to fuck me. Uh, that the one to fuck me. That that one. Omarion's oh, baby mama. Mm-hmm. 
Yes, because it was alleged, being alleged, being alleged. We weren't really following this because, well, who cares? But it was being alleged at some point that uh, April and Dr. Dre were involved in a love romance. Um, I don't know if that to be true or false, but good luck to them. We are praying for all parties involved. Uh, shout out to Charlemagne God, who this week it has been announced that he has landed his own late night talk show on Comedy Central, which is set to premiere this fall. Now, as one third of the popular syndicated radio show, The Breakfast Club, Charlemagne is well known for giving his opinion on pop culture, yada, yada, yada. Variety reports that Charlemagne's show, The God's Honest Truth with Leonard Charlemagne McKelvey, a weekly half hour late night talk show that will officially premiere on Comedy Club this September, September 17th. As a matter of fact, the show is described as a centering around Charlemagne's natural ability to give culturally fluent takes on social issues. Will you guys be watching? I probably won't. Um, and that's not shade. That is no shade. But I became disinterested in The Breakfast Club a very long time ago. And honestly, it I think The Breakfast Club, much like some of the morning shows of the past, um, Miss Jones in the morning, um, Ed Lover and Dr. Dre in the morning, Star and Buck Wild in the morning, Ebro and whoever in the morning, like... Honestly, when you spin to a different place, you start wanting to go on Tom Joyner cruises and shit. Like, you don't want to do Rolling Loud. You want to do the jazz festival, you know? That's where I'm at right now. I'm in a more jazz festival, kind of chill myself out kind of mode. I don't want to hear no bullshit in the morning. I don't want to hear the misogyny first thing in the morning, blah, blah, blah. Not saying that that's what's guaranteed, but who's, who's got the time to find out? Not me. Um, so, all right, this week was a very interesting week for our friend Khan Yeezy. Now, Khan Ye uh, premiered, well, first of all, it's been going, there's been some like, uh, what? Like Justin LaBoy, who quite frankly, I don't know where he came from. I just know that he's a social media personality who somehow pivoted his way into Kanye West's camp in the past couple of weeks and was talking a lot of stuff about, oh, Kanye is coming and it's the most amazing thing and you guys are going to be so wowed. You're just going to just pop. Well, at any rate, um, Kanye then followed that up with Donda's Coming. And um, Donda, the album cover, features exclusive art by the world-renowned artist known as Northwest. No middle name required. Um, and honestly, not even a last name. Let's just be very clear because North is the moment. Okay. Um, but this week in Atlanta... Uh, uh, young Kanye um, had his official listening party for the Donda album. Um, Kim showed up with her sister in a very, very amazing Rick Owens head to toe look. Um, and, uh, only to be paralleled by her sister, Chloe, wearing the same look in a different color, loved it. 
Um, Kanye showed himself off in a red pair of, I believe that those were, were those Yves Saint Laurent um, red leather pants and his own um, label Gap puffer which quite frankly, he's been wearing these puffers everywhere. It's a million degrees. I love his commitment to fashion. Honestly, Kanye said, bitch, I remember when Martin Lawrence wore the sweatsuit on in Hollywood and like he had, he suffered a medical emergency. Every time I see Kanye in this puffer, I think you guys, let's just hold him up in prayer because it's too goddamn hot for him to be wearing this motherfucking puffer coat in the goddamn heat. But nonetheless, um, Kanye premiered his uh, uh, or had his listening session this week. And after getting a taste of the highly anticipated album, fans went crazy when they heard that Jay-Z and Kanye had reunited for a track on the album. Um, so I am not really sure. I have yet, I've only heard snippets of the album myself. And, um, I really do not know, like, I, I, I want to kind of stay, stay off of everything and just kind of give the album a chance to, premiere and not have to necessarily like hear all of the pontiffs talking about the album and who's on it. Anyway, uh, Jay-Z is allegedly featured on um, a song is something about I think I'm going to jail tonight or something like that. Heaven and Hell, I believe the song is called or something like that. The, the album also features Playboy Cardi, Pusha T, Travis Scott, Baby Keem, Lil Durk, um, Lil Baby, Pop Smoke, uh, Vori, Roddy Rich. The, the, the list goes on and on. The album was also featured in a new Shikari Richardson partnership ad with Beats. Um, aside from Donda, West has also been um, busy producing uh, music for Lil, uh, Lil Nas X. Now, not many of you know this, but yes, uh, Kanye did, is listed with producing credits on Lil Nas X's song Industry Baby, um, which was due out this week. Not really sure if it did come out. Um, he is producing a upcoming reunion album by Chicago rap group Abstract Mind State. Kanye is also featured on Pop Smoke's newest album. He is also ironing out the details of his divorce. Uh, he is also going through an alleged relationship with Bradley Cooper's baby mama, Arena Shake. So Kanye is busy. Kanye also decided that the album, which was set to be released this Friday, will not actually be released. He is going to hold out for an August 6th release. But um, after his listening session in the Mercedes-Benz Arena in Atlanta, Kanye has decided that he is going to live in set, said arena until the album is done. That's right. You heard me correctly. It is being 
storied to the media that Kanye West has decided that he will live out the rest of his days in the stadium until the album comes out. Now, according to TMZ, sources connected to Kanye revealed that he will be missing his performance at Rolling Loud this weekend. So Kanye was actually supposed to be in Rolling Loud this weekend. And um, he is just going to stay in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Um, he basically posted a video from a soccer game on his Instagram account. Um, he also posted another clip of him kind of jamming to uh, a track. The outlet continues to state that Ye and his team have created a studio space, living quarters, and he also has a chef to prepare his meals. He was so inspired by the crowd during Thursday's listening session that he decided to stay behind to finish things up. All right. Listen, good luck to him. Prayers up to all parties involved. I don't know what to say about that. But I really, this album is highly anticipated. And I guess here's my question for you guys. How is everyone giving Kanye another chance, but Chrisette Michelle don't get another chance? Now, I know that this is, you know, stuff that we saw out there. How do we decide who is permanently canceled versus who is only temporarily canceled? Is it because we've attributed Kanye's behavior to mental, uh, mental unwellness? Is that why he gets more chances than a little bit? I really do want to know. Because I am very interested in this album, but at the same time, I'm very conflicted because Kanye, MAGA, things, it doesn't make sense. Destructive things, things that, I mean, it wasn't like he just said, you know what, I love McDonald's and I'm going to eat it every day and I don't care what you people think. I mean, that's harmful rhetoric to put out there because it's McDonald's, but at the same time, it's your decision. When you're living under the guise of a government who its chief cook and bottle washer is um, pushing the agenda of racism, homophobia, um, xenophobia, uh, uh, sexism, amongst other things, I think it's fairly, I think it's fair to say that like, it's damaging not just to have that opinion, it's harmful, it's hurtful. So how did we forgive Kanye West? I, I'm, I, I mean, listen, am I going to listen to the album? I'm going to listen to the album. I was just listening to My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy this week. It's a great album. What do you want me to do? Um, but how do we decide like who is canceled for how long and on what level are they canceled? I don't know. Listen, here's what I do know. Um, judgment and opinions are like assholes. Everyone has them and they all stink. And everyone thinks theirs is the shit. <laughs> On that note, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll set the table. And we are back. So just like every other week, we set the table. And... um you know, one of the things that I've always struggled with, and even while we were talking about authentic power, I began to talk about timing and the importance of timing. Um, I am 
a true and through believer. So, you know, for those of you who do not subscribe to a particular faith, um, I think there are some stories that are pretty universal and pretty well known, regardless of whether or not you're a Christian, you're a Muslim, you are Hindu, you are Buddhist, you are Jewish. There are just some stories that we all know, right? Um, or at least we are familiar with. Um, and just recently, one of the stories that has really um, been kind of wielding itself through my mind is um, the story of Lazarus. And for a lot of you, this may, you know, I don't want you to get caught up in the fact that this is um, a fundamental, if you will, biblical story. I think the thing that I want you to understand is from a, a standpoint of fundamentality is what you get from it. What are, you, what are you able to extract from this? At any rate, um, the story of Lazarus has always been um, interesting to me because um, it always kind of, it always was about the get, at least in my mind. Right. So it was um, about the fact that God could raise uh, the dead, you know, that like just by proxy of believing in Jesus, you know, he Lazarus was raised. And this was not while he was sick in the hospital or not while he was sick and shut in at home or not while he was on his last leg. Lazarus was dead, child. Not only was he dead, but he was dead for four days. And there's such a huge significance to that fourth day because in the Sanhedrin um, teachings of the Bible, it... Uh, marks the significance on how being dead in the third day, the third day was the last possibility that there was any sign of life left. Um, and there's such significance for Jesus coming, not on that third day where there's still even a possibility of life, but coming on that fourth day where all hope is gone. Um, I guess for me, um, timing is everything. Patience is something that I've often struggled with. Um, being someone of faith but trusting God's timing is something that has been difficult for me at times. If I'm going to be honest, it's been hard as hell, right? Um, I mean, haven't you ever had a, a situation where you just needed God to come through? You needed him to come through. It's like, yo, I'm about to get kicked out, God. Like, I need you to come through. And child, wouldn't you know it that he would have you get put out? And he didn't quote unquote come through and you, you mad, right? Only to look back and see that like, thank God he didn't save me. 
for this thing, but he saved me from this thing because now that thing, the loss of that thing propelled me beyond and deepened my faith beyond what I could even imagine. Let me expound. I have had moments, especially as a woman of a particular age where I have been like, all right, God, I know you're going to come through. You're going to come through with this significant other. You're going to come through with this job. You're going to come through with this baby because time is a ticking, okay? Time is a ticking. And all the other people around me had it at this particular time. So if you don't come for me by that time, then what does that mean for me? Now, the reason why... I have been kind of circling my my moats around Lazarus is because I, like Lazarus, consider myself a friend of God. I would consider myself, you know, a true and through believer and, and redeemed blood-washed Christian, you know? Um, I don't know. I just think that for me the story about it being all wrapped up in the gift, the resurrection of Lazarus being all wrapped up in the gift and in, in the fact that like, yes, God's gonna, God can do this miracle. And even when he doesn't show up in your timing, he shows up sometimes behind your timing to show other people that it's not about the time, the time that you want, it's about the time that I'm on and I can do significantly above abundantly and sufficiently beyond what you think I can do in the time that you think that I can do it. Sometimes it's necessary for God to show up and show out in your life when it's past 12, when it's past the time that you think that something needs to happen. Jesus was such friends with Lazarus that he's mentioned in the gospel. As a matter of fact, we're told in the Bible that Jesus actually loved him. Jesus was such friends with Lazarus that his sisters went and told Jesus, yo, my brother, did you know that Laz is sick? Yeah, Jesus, Laz is sick, bro. He been mad sick. Yeah, he about to die. You got to come. You got to come. We need you. You got to come. How many of you have had your Lazarus moment where you've been like, yo, you got to come through, Jesus. You got to come through. We need you right now. And you're there and you're waiting 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 and nothing. Just silence. No God coming. No friends checking in to drop off a little something, something, you know, sometimes you just need, you know, sometimes it would be far easier for somebody to just bail you out. Wouldn't it be far easier if God just gave you the person of your dreams and the timing that you wanted it? It would be so much easier. Yo, but instead of Jesus rushing into his homeboy's aid, he let Lazarus die. To the dismay of his sisters, to everybody that knew them, because they was like, yo, wait, hold up, that's your boy. How could you let that happen? 
make you question it. It makes you question when things don't happen in your timing. It makes you question, God, are you actually even for me? And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with you questioning if the universe is for you at a particular time when when it feels like all hope is gone, when it feels like there's no possibility of things working out. There is no problem with you just questioning. Am I in the right place at the right time? Am, am I clocked in? Is, 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 is it, let me check. Hello? Is my, is my mic on? And you toil and you wonder and nothing. No answer. No bailout. Jesus ain't coming to shoot you no bail, bro. So what do you do? <laughs> what I'm quickly learning is that when you don't know what to do, do nothing. How many times did you not know what to do and you flailed your arms and you threw all kind of decisions at the problem and nothing stuck? When you don't know what to do, do nothing. There's such symbolism behind the story of Lazarus. It's not an accident that God chose for the miracle to be the raising of the dead. The supernatural event. The myth that only that only the the uh, the whole idea that there is this kind of supernatural mythicism, mysticism. Never forget that in order for a seed to grow, it must die. It must be buried in the ground in order for it to grow. It is important sometimes that we get past our third day. That the answers don't come to us so quickly, so immediately. That the problem isn't solved in a 30-minute episode. Sometimes God allows for that fourth day, not just so that he can show us the miracle in our lives, but so that other people can see whether or not whatever it is you subscribe to so that other people can see the miracle. What is it that you are waiting on? What's the thing that you're waiting God to come through for you? What's the the longing that you've got between you and God? We don't know how old Lazarus was. We don't know if he was predisposed to any other conditions. We have no idea. We just know that Jesus raised him back to life. And that marked a turning point 
it's important that we are able to show integrity and an uprightness in our faith. We got to choose before anything else. We have to choose to believe that the things in which we are believing for will come. One thing that God promises, and he doesn't make many promises, but one of the things that he promises is bodily resurrection after the death to all who believe, right? Now, I don't want to get preachy on you, but what I want to tell you is, is that whatever it is that you are believing for, whatever it is that you are hoping to be resurrected in your life, to grow in your life, if you can't figure out what to do, if you're at a loss for how this will come about, do nothing. Just believe. That's the biggest strength that you have, your belief. Your integrity surrounding your belief. So what are you made of? What do you believe in? When all else fails and you know not what to do, do nothing. I thank you guys so much for listening. Stay tuned. I've got some really great surprises coming up in the next couple weeks. Thank you so much for listening. Peace.